So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am honored that you would take a few minutes out of your busy day to tune into what we're doing here. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you have left a rating or review on the podcast, hey, an extra thank you to you. My goodness, you are a hero, and it just means the world to me. We are getting supporters from all around the world. I mean, over 100 countries. Uh, We have over 75 ratings on Apple Podcasts now, uh, most of them five-star. Guys, it all means the world to me. Thank you so much. And if you haven't left a rating or review yet, um, then I'd love to take a minute to just ask you to do that. Um, And the reason we ask for it is, number one, it does help us build our brand and spread the word about the podcast, but you just never know how it might signal to somebody else that this is valuable content. Now, if you don't want to do that, the other thing that you could do is share this episode with somebody that you know. I guarantee there's somebody else in your life who's struggling, who's looking for practical wisdom, biblical advice, and you could be a person who provides them that, leads them on the right track, and it just might change their life. So that would mean the world to me. Today, we are talking about combating complacency, and um, wow, you know, this is such an important subject. Last week, we talked a little bit about, you know, doing the hard thing first and why that's so important. And afterwards, I thought, you know, I guess some people, they know they should do the hard thing first, but they're combating complacency, Right? They're dealing with sort of this apathy, this, ah, what's the point, right? And sometimes, you know, the guy on the mic who's just saying, just go do it, <laughs> you know, just go do the hard thing. Uh, that was not the voice I spoke in last week. I don't know why I'm doing that. But you know what I mean. Like, sometimes you have this, like, intensity of, like, just go do it, you know, and they make it sound so simple. And it's like, bro, but you don't understand, like, I have this thing in me that's, like, it, that just doesn't want to, you know, or I, I just, I can't find it within myself to do the thing that I know I need to do. So... I want to talk about that a little bit today because uh, what I'm going to go out and kind of venture a guess is that you probably know what you need to do next in recovery. You, You probably have an idea, but... Maybe you feel complacent about it. Maybe it's um, not the right season. Maybe you're super busy. Maybe it's like, oh, yeah, I I know I should do that, but I've tried it before and it didn't work. We're going to talk today a little bit about what causes complacency and what are some things you can do when you're you're dealing with it. So as a starting point, I think complacency happens primarily for, honestly, there's really only two reasons. Tiredness and hopelessness. I think those are really the only two reasons that we experience complacency. Now, there's tons of nuanced elements to that. And I'm sure, you know, you probably have like other reasons. But ultimately, I think what it really boils down to, like, if if I think of like, you know, we've had clients before who are like, hey, man, I can't, um, I can't do your program. Because like, you know, I have this emergency that came up. And, you know, my wife has been sick and I'm taking care of the kids and work is stressful and like whatever. And again, like people have their reasons and and they're legitimate and that's totally fine. 
But when I think about even something like that, it's like, well, that person probably feels tired, right? Because they have so many things on their plate. That tiredness is like, man, I just, I don't have time for the program or I I can't fit it in right now. Um, And that's not something we deal with a ton, but it's just giving you an example. Um, Other times, like if I think about myself, right? So I'm thinking about, you know, times where I have felt uh, really complacent. I've caught myself avoiding hard conversations or that kind of thing. It's often because I feel hopeless. I feel like even if I have the conversation, it's not going to change anything. Or sometimes it's if I have this conversation, it's going to make things worse. And so I just feel hopeless about the situation. I feel like that thing I should be doing, it's not really going to change anything anyway. You can just imagine. I'm sure you guys have experienced this thinking in your recovery, right? Oh, I know I should journal again for the fifth time this week, but what's the point? You know, I've been journaling for a whole two weeks and nothing's changed. And it's like, okay, well, bro, two weeks is actually not a super long time to change a 25-year addiction. So keep going. But you know what I mean? Like we we, we catch, ourselves in, catch ourselves in these ruts. So if you're dealing with complacency, I would encourage you to ask yourself, is it more tiredness or is it more hopelessness? And I know because I have a very smart audience. I know a bunch of you are going to be like, well, it's not really this or the or that. It's really more, you know, X, Y, Z. Okay, what I'm asking you to do is like, if you had to pigeonhole yourself just a little bit, which one would you pigeonhole yourself into? Tiredness or hopelessness? Okay, start there. Now, here's why this is so helpful. Okay, this is where like an accurate diagnosis is so valuable for treatment, right? Like imagine if you had pain in your shoulder you go to the, do- the doctor and he's like, oh, well, your shoulder's dislocated. But it turns out it's actually not dislocated at all. And really, you just have like a nerve that's impinged. Well, with the wrong diagnosis is going to lead to the wrong solution. Okay, or imagine even worse, you have pain in your shoulder. It's been going on for a long time. And you refuse to go see the doctor. Well, that's that's ultimate complacency, isn't it? Right? It's like, oh, I'll do it later. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. I can survive, you know, whatever, whatever. So we're complacent. So then if you get the wrong diagnosis though, right? If you're like, oh, well, I think this is what it is, then your treatment's gonna be ineffective. So that's why I'm trying to get you to pigeonhole a little bit because I want you I want you to try to distill it down to tiredness or hopelessness. Now, once you have some clarity on that, this is the beauty, right? Because when we have clarity on the diagnosis, then we have clarity on the solution. Because Imagine this, okay? Imagine you're feeling hopeless about recovery. So you're like, I'm never going to get free. Sathya, you've helped, you know, hundreds of guys get free. You've been clean seven years. Happy for you. I'm different. You don't know what I've been through. Uh, I've tried all your stuff. It doesn't work, okay? So you're feeling hopeless. Imagine if I was like, hey, man, you know what? No problem. Just take a break. You sound tired. Just take a break from recovery. It's all It's all going to work out. Well, you know what? That's a That's a great solution, but it's to the wrong problem. The issue at hand is hopelessness. Imagine if you came to me and you're like, hey man, um, you know, I've been listening to the podcast for a long time. Love what you're doing here, but you know, um, uh, my commute has changed. It used to be an hour long. Now it's only 15 minutes and um, I'm not actually getting like a lot of quality conversations with my wife. So I'm going to have a call with her um, in the mornings on my commute instead of listening to podcasts. So no hard feelings. I'm not going to listen to your podcast anymore. And imagine if I, if I was like, hey, man, you sound a little bit hopeless about recovery. Um, I think you really need to like think about, you know, your situation because the reality is like, you know, you just have to like fuel yourself with like recovery stories. And, you know, like it's definitely possible, man. I know you can do it. 
Well, it's like, dude, that that solution is totally useless. And now I'm kind of sounding like unhelpful or like a bit of a jerk, right? So what we want to do, guys, is we want to get clarity on where you're experiencing complacency right now in your recovery. Is it mostly due to tiredness or mostly due to hopelessness? Okay. Now I'm just pigeonholing you so that we can get a little bit of a clear diagnosis. Or uh, sorry, a bit of a clear solution. So if you're more on the tiredness side in your experience of complacency, here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to figure out what is specifically causing you the fatigue. Is it the time? Is it the mental energy? Like we need to get even more specific on why you're tired. Are you tired physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, professionally, like where is the fatigue coming from? And then what is causing it the most? What's the primary culprit of your fatigue? See, we have to get granular, right? Like the more, because if we're not specific, then I could be like, oh, well, you know, if you're tired, just start sleeping better, you know, and make sure you're eating your vegetables, don't eat junk food as much. Um, You know, try to like, you know, really get prioritize your commitments. And like, there's tons of good advice out there. But what we want is specific advice, right? We want we want to give you input that's going to be actually useful for the specifics of your situation. So why are you tired? What's the primary cause? And now the solution starts to arise. Well, when I really think about it, it's actually work. Work is just exhausting me lately. Okay, no problem. Is it just is this a seasonal thing? Or like, are you tired of your job? Is is Do you have too many responsibilities? Are there maybe some difficult conversations you need to have with your boss? Or are there some dynamics going on that you have not been, you know, vocal about to your HR department or, you know, whatever? I don't know. But get some clarity, okay? Now, if it's hopelessness, hopelessness is actually a lot less practical because hope is more an emotion, right? Tiredness can be emotional as well, but not necessarily. Whereas hope is kind of an emotional thing. So you have to start small when you're dealing with hopelessness. I'm very weary of people who feel totally hopeless and then the next day they're suddenly hopeful. I'm like, that's not super reliable. I don't trust that. You know, something about that just feels off. Um, But with hopelessness, what you want to do instead is start small. And you want to incrementally work to that place of more confident hope. Now, here's what I'll say. um, And... These are a couple different thoughts, and then then I'll actually get a bit more practical. There is uh, somebody I really admire and respect who has told me that any place in my life where I feel hopelessness is usually an area that is under the influence of a lie. So in other words, if you perfectly believe the truth, you probably wouldn't feel hopeless. So I think that's a pretty good starting point. Uh, The second thing I would say is hope deferred makes the heart sick. And what that tells us is that there's a connection between not feeling hopeful and your heart sickening. So what am I trying to say? Well, that can go both ways. It's bi-directional. So yes, your level of hope determines the, you know, maybe the condition of your heart and vice versa, which means if you can't conjure up hope, you know, just kind of make it happen out of thin air, then how about instead... Focus on your heart. Do something good for your heart. Do something that's going to give it a little bit of life. Maybe it means just, I don't know, going out for a movie, you know, going out for dinner. Spoil yourself a little bit. I don't know. But do something that's going to be good for your heart. Maybe it doesn't have to be materialistic. But you know what I mean? Like, do something that's going to just like kind of recalibrate you a little bit. 
Or maybe there's like actually some deeper hard stuff. You're like, you're processing trauma, you're dealing with unforgiveness, you have some relational tension. Well, dude, go fix those things. You'll probably start feeling a lot more hopeful. The last thing I'll say about hopelessness is, and and this for me was probably like my golden ticket in recovery, because there were many days where I felt hopeless. I felt like I'm just going to struggle forever and, and whatever. On those days, I did my best to remind myself of either A, my progress, you know, kind of just trying to have like a thankful heart and trying to see the good, or number two, was listening to other people's success stories and just being reminded, hey, if they can do it, I can do it too. And rather than looking for that jolt of hope and it's like, I feel hopeful again, you know, let's do it. It's like, just, I mean, again, you might get that, but rather than looking for a jolt, just try to look for a spark because that's really all it takes to set a forest on fire, right? And and you just, you just don't know how a little bit of hope here, a little bit of hope there could really start to gain some momentum to a place where you're actually like hopeful in a really legitimate, grounded kind of way. So that would be my encouragement for you guys today. If you're combating complacency, this is like granular, granular stuff uh, for human psychology and behavior. And this stuff is really helpful, very, very helpful if you are struggling with porn addiction, struggling with sexual misbehavior, stuck in some kind of rut or pattern that you can't seem to get out of. This is your ticket, my friend. This is going to be very, very helpful. So you can go back and listen to this again if you need to. Uh, again, if you think there's somebody in your life who might val- uh, who might benefit from this, please uh, be sure to share it with them. In the meantime, guys, I'm cheering you on. Have a great day. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.